This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which as always is sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by Dean. Good evening or good afternoon. Yeah, well, we're in different time zones, aren't we, Dean? So it's all a bit, all bit confusing. Um, it's, bit, it's just the two weird, of us yeah. this evening. Just the two of us this evening, um, much like the Sky Blue squad, the uh, Sky Blue's extra squad is also a little bit thin on the ground just now. Um, but yeah, it's good to have you on, Dean. It uh, feels like it's been a while. It has. I, I think it's been over a month, surely, for me. My last appearance. Been uh, been drafted out yeah. the woodwork, as, it, as they say. But yeah, yeah exactly. uh, I'm currently getting some winter sun in, in uh, the UAE, so... Yeah, I've been available, unfortunately, with the four-hour time difference, but still keeping an eye on those sky blues, as you always tend to do when you're away. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure the listeners will be pleased to uh, to hear you back, Dean, on the show. Um, it's been one of those mixed weeks for the sky blues. Obviously, we beat Stoke during the week, um, which we look forward to chatting about, but then also we slipped to an unfortunate 1-0 defeat away at Middlesbrough on Saturday. Um, Dean, how are you feeling after this week? Are you feeling upbeat still or are you a little bit disappointed? I think I'm only disappointed in the result on Saturday. I think that's the, that was the main thing. I think the performances over the two games have been, well, especially Saturday, I thought we were absolutely superb, especially away from home against a playoff rival, one of the best teams in the division, apparently. I don't know where people are getting that from. I think Middlesbrough are, are pretty, pretty poor, um, in all honesty, but... I'm still upbeat. I mean, you look at the situation with regards to the league, etc. We're, we're six points off the playoff place, or five points maybe. And we've got two games in hand on some of those teams. And if we win those games in hand, we're back in the playoffs. So it's not all doom and gloom. We've still got just, yeah. was it 20 games to go to the end of the season? Something like that? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not massively over the halfway mark, are we? Obviously, with, if 
feels like end of January, like you've got, you know, not a lot of games left, but actually because of what's happened with COVID, we're not actually that far past halfway, are we? So there's certainly a long way to go, isn't there? Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, absolutely relentless over the next, especially over the next six weeks. Um, I think it's like, two, apart from this week, obviously having a break until the FA Cup, but after that, it's Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for like four weeks in a, in a, in a row. So it's going to be really relentless. And it's not just us with that sort of calendar as well. There's lots of teams around us who are going to be having that calendar. So there's going to be lots of changes. I, I just... Yeah, I tell everybody to get the seatbelt on, buckle up and get ready for the ride because it's going to be absolutely hectic now until Easter at least. Yeah, it's it certainly is. My bank balance has certainly taken a hit on hotels, <laughs> trains, tickets, well, etc. It will do it red in because you, I think you owe me a couple of beers. So. Well, there you go. Exactly. So yeah, the pub bill as well is there. Yeah, racking, it, racking up. Um, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be fun at the same time. Um, yeah, let's jump more into the Stoke game. Um, obviously, it was two changes for the Sky Blues um, with Bidwell coming in to make his full debut and also Josh Eccles got his first start of the season. Um, what did you make of the team, Dean? Obviously, O'Hare was the one who dropped to the bench. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's strange seeing O'Hare being dropped to the bench, but I mean, potentially he was due a rest. You know, it's, it's, it's hard work up that top end of the pitch, especially with the way we play with that intense press. The energy levels are... But, uh, they're bound to be zapped after you know, that relentless press, especially with Callum. He's probably the one that is instrumental mostly in that press. Uh, so I wasn't too surprised to see him drop to the bench. I think Shipley, uh, you know, people know my qualms with Shipley. I don't think he's good enough for this division, but the last two performances he's put in has merited a position in the team. So you can't, you can't complain with that. Um, the Josh Jekyll situation, that was always going to happen because who else have we got on the right-hand side, really? Um, you know, Todd Kane's injured, Dabo's injured, um, De Costa obviously not in, in the frame, going out on loan today, as, we, as we've heard. So um, Eccles is the one to, to come in. And to be fair, when Josh Eccles and the team last year in that position, he did deputise pretty well in that position. So um, I had no qualms, qualms about about both of them, really, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it kind of made sense with what we had. Um, what did you make? What did you make of the first half, Dean? It sort of didn't feel like the best of games. It wasn't a half. It felt like it was full of chances, was it? I'm going to be honest, Tom. I didn't see much of it because <laughs> before I was ahead and a long day on the golf course working, um, I was dozing off. And that, I, that, that was probably because of the football being played, to be honest. It I was going to say, that of... says all you need to know then if you're dozing <laughs> off. Yeah. So it was like a quarter 12 kickoff for me, uh, which is obviously pretty late and being up at like four o'clock in the morning or something the day before. So yeah, not great. But from what I did see, it was quite bitty, wasn't it? There's was no real quality on show yeah. from both sides. I mean, we fashioned half chances, of course. We always seem to do that. I think um, there was a lovely ball out wide. I think it was uh, maybe Hamer to Gokarez and he half turned the man and that gut busting run again, but that final shot is really poor. Um, and I, I look back at the highlights, I completely forgot about the one-on-one chance that Vic had as well. And that yeah. came from that that pressing again, forces Stoke into a mistake. But the finishing, oh, I mean, we're going to talk about the finishing quite a lot tonight, aren't we? Mm. You know, we you, nobody in this team can seem to finish their dinner. It, 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 it seems like it's it's really frustrating because we create chance after chance after chance. And if you think, uh, I, I honestly think if we had a goal scorer, who put at least a quarter of the chances that we created away, we'd be pushing for the automatics. And that says a lot 
for the quality of the league this season as well. Because, you know, let's be honest, we are, we're not one of the best sides in the, in the division, but we're in and amongst it, if that makes sense. And that shows the quality yeah. of the whole division. Um, I'm not sure what your thought, thoughts, are, thoughts are on, on that. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I think we've been playing some really good stuff and it's just that final, you know, final bit, isn't it, in the, in the, in the box that we're, we're struggling with. I think the Vic chance that you mentioned typifies all of that, really. Sure. I mean, it was just, like, I, I really rate Vic. I think he's brilliant. Obviously, he had a really good game on Saturday at Borough as well. But just decision-making in the, at the final moment was just lacking, wasn't it? And, yeah, I mean, everyone in the ground was just thinking, what? I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. I think he, did he take it with his, to try and take it onto his right rather than take it first time with his left? Was that what yeah, happened? Yeah, so the, think it was something the, like ball, that? the ball comes in and he's got, he's got two opportunities at that point. He either takes it first time, which will try and catch the keeper by surprise or dummy it like he did, bring it onto his right foot. And then the shot and effort is weak and it's right at the keeper. It's too easy for him to save that. It's either got to be low and hard down or top bins, make it hard for the keeper to react yeah. to either of those. But yeah, again, too easy. And we'll talk about, I mean, I'll talk about it now. Shipley had one in the second half, which was exactly the same. He had, all he had to do is put it either side of the keeper and he puts it right into his path. And it's so easy for the keeper to make that save. And mm. those are the type of chances we seem to create week in, week out, where just that little bit of extra quality would you know, make things so much easier for us. And you know, we'd, be, we'd be winning games comfortably, but alas, yeah. it's not to be. And that's something we really need to, to dial down on. Um, on the training pitch and it, and it does come from training pitch uh, from the training pitch you practice in your finishing you're practicing those you know those final final third uh, opportunities that, that you create you've got to you've got to make the right decision and, and that comes from the training pitch so they really have to dial down on that for me yeah no absolutely and I can tell obviously the frustration we've got around this is probably because of Saturday um, obviously the Stoke game itself we actually you know we did win the game and Obviously, we'll talk about the second half. We we did look on top, and even though we had missed chances, Vic scored a brilliant goal, didn't he? Yeah, and I think credit goes to Matt Robbins for making the change at this point because O'Hare and Waghorn, fresh legs coming on, it also changes the dynamic going forward because Waghorn is a nuisance by himself. He seems to create space, which is which is fantastic um, for for someone who's is, is he thirty one or thirty two. Yeah, maybe too, think, it might yeah. even be older than that to be honest you expect the sort of uh, space graces to come from the from the young guys in the team like O'Hare does but Waghorn seems to do that really well as well so that creates a space for Vic to then you know take a chance and it's a hell of a finish I mean he hits it perfectly dipping as well that's really difficult for the keeper to handle um, and you know we talk about the finishing we've just talked about the finishing capabilities we showed it there they showed that little bit of quality and that was the difference in the game. And if you look back in the season, showing that little bit of quality more often than not, we'd have had more success. But on in this occasion, we showed it. And it was great to see Vic celebrating the way, way he did because it, it, it yeah. sort of showed that it meant a lot to him. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Do, do you think Vic's better as part of a two? Do you think that's something that we might see more moving forwards? Uh, yes, I do. Just mainly because... He creates panic 
and with that creates space for other players to get into and a lot of the times if you see him going into those spaces and putting balls in the box there's not enough bodies in the box too and I think if you have another striker in there instinctively they're going to be in the box ready for for Victor to put the ball in so yeah I do think he's better as two although saying that do does he play with Waghorn as a two I'm not sure he does I think Waghorn drops off a little bit deeper um, so that's interesting I don't think Garcarez and um, Matty Godden works obviously we haven't got Godden for a little bit but I don't think that's kind of worked yeah. as of yet it, it might work in the future but for the time being I think Waghorn and, and Garcarez if they can strike off that partnership that they showed in the early parts of the season it's only going to be you know a fortune for us going, going ahead yeah definitely we haven't got loads of options up there at the moment have we but like I said hopefully it all things will be, you know, will, will improve. Um, a few hours in the transfer we, I thought we can no, Tom. Yeah, well, exactly. I was going to say, at the time of recording this, there's, well, there's not been any activity yet and we obviously we'll see what happens this evening. I saw your tweet, Dean, about the potential Chinese takeaway. Um, but yeah. yeah, as long as we don't sell anyone, then then it, I guess it's been a fairly good window. But we'll, we'll chat a bit about that later on as well. Okay. Um, I thought we controlled the game well after the, our goal mm-hmm. and... We didn't. We weren't really threatened by Stoke, Dean. No, I thought Stoke looked pretty poor as well, didn't they? They, for all this talk of Stoke being a really well-drilled side, I thought they were really poor um, in in especially attacking wise, and I thought their discipline was really poor as well. And that's something yeah. I, I want to talk about on Saturday's game for us of discipline. But I thought Stoke showed a, a real lack of discipline and a lack of leadership as well, which is which is hard for for Stoke team to imagine because you look at over the years have had really great leaders in the team I and mean, Joe Allen is still playing there but he's shown no real leadership qualities you look at the likes of Shawcross in the past he showed that leadership quality I thought they were at sixes and sevens and we were comfortable um, which says a lot against a team who is supposedly better than us and pushing for, for playoff places yeah yeah absolutely and I know you weren't able to get to the game, Dean, but I'm sure you saw the, the videos on Twitter. Obviously, a brilliant atmosphere at the CBS. Um, 17,000, which isn't a bad crowd for midweek, but yeah, really good atmosphere. And it really felt like the, the fans have carried the team along in that second half. Yeah, the videos are brilliant, aren't they? Uh, one thing I would love to see, I wish the club would just buy a decent camera. <laughs> it's really frustrating seeing like all these phone videos. Potato. It is filmed on a potato. So... I mean, if they want some tips and some lessons and some hints, then just give me a call out so I can come in, come in and show you what you need to do. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I think the atmosphere has been one of the shining lights of the season, hasn't it, really? Especially in that corner. Um, we're getting a lot of plaudits from away fans about home atmosphere. And, you know, who would have imagined it? You know, we've, we've all had them thoughts in the past of the, the, the Rico or the CBS being a little bit of a soulless bowl at times. But we all know that when you have good football on show and good attendances, that equals better atmospheres. And you know, we 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 obviously getting that both both this year. So um, we need to keep going. We need to yeah. keep going. Get keep filling the filling the ground. And you know, we are the twelfth man. You know, I know it's a cliche in football, but you look at the goals that we we scored last minute, and that's all been you know. Down to the down to the fans, I would I would I would say, sort of sucking the ball into the net. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we said it on the pod before, haven't we? Is um, the Rico did 
become sort of almost a negative place to go to. And now it's kind of turned on its head and it's actually, people can't wait to get back there. And obviously with all the, the packed games we've got in Feb, it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting. I think um, COVID has played a, played a bit of part in that as well, because, it, you know, we were just void of any football, weren't we, for a long yeah. time. And people are just such like, I don't know what the word is, you know, they're just, we're obsessed, aren't we? We are, we are obsessed with the, with the game and being in those atmospheres. Yeah. Um, but, and not being able to do that for so long. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's a big reason too. I think it's probably quite a unique situation that probably no football club has ever, well, definitely has never been in, in the, no. like a bit of a triple header in the, back from COVID, back in our own city and, and, and back in the championship, like three sort of really like big reasons to get behind the football club, um, which yeah, no clubs have ever had. So, yeah, the bounce back has obviously been great from that. Hopefully, it can we can keep it up next season. I'm sure people who wanted to renew their season tickets will probably grow grow that even more, um, which is really important. So, yeah, it's really good to see. Um, but yeah, a, a great result, Dean, and obviously does a lot for our the, our playoff ambitions. That result as well, because obviously they're a team that are you know in and around that that mix as well, aren't they? Yeah, I think be, beating people around, be, sorry, beating teams around you at this at this stage of the season. Is so important because either you build space from them or you catch them up and they're looking over their shoulder immediately. Um, and with us having so many games in hand as well, that's to our benefit as well when we beat teams around us because they start panicking, oh, they've got another two games in hand on us or whatever. So they they start to start to overthink things too. So it's vitally important to beat those teams around us. Um, and obviously Stoke being being one of those. Yeah. Who's your man of the match, Dean? I, I honestly, I think Ben Sheaf has just been absolutely outstanding over the last seven to eight weeks. I think he had a little bit of a blip at the end of November, but since then he's got his head down yeah. and he's at, he's been absolutely terrific. I think he's really been a shining light during this stage of the season. And nobody would have said it that he was in the running for player of the season up until December, I would say. You know, we, we obviously know he's a good player, but he hadn't been sort of at that standard of play with the season standard. But I think since then, I mean, it's totally changed for me. Um, and, he's, and he's, you know, he's, he's becoming every inch of the player that Arsene Wenger described as being, you know, a star of the future. Comfortable in possession, drives the ball forward well. And I don't know, I don't know if you noticed this, but he seems to make these like really weird interceptions and tackles that he does, has, has no right in winning. Have you noticed yeah. that? Some of his, yeah, some of his tackling is unbelievable. I mean, yeah, his tackling ability this season, I've, yeah, I've been almost had my mouth open at some of the tackles he's made this season. Yeah, um, he comes in from weird angles. And you, yeah, from behind. He, he, does, he, shouldn't yeah. make, he shouldn't get that ball, but he does. Yeah, he sort of, like yeah. Yeah, there was, there was one, it, oh, it was quite a while back now. It might have been at Sheffield United away, I can't remember, but he sort of, it came in from behind and almost sort of hooked the ball out of the, uh, you know, out of the player's feet and, won the ball and I was just like how on earth have you done that it's just got yeah, that? yeah very talented I think one thing we need to uh, nip in the bud is that awful Ben Sheaf song that I heard on <laughs> which one Saturday I think it goes oh that one bought him on a free from London whatever that yeah. was like what is that I don't even know what tune that is <laughs> to be fair though the boys might have been had a few few beers so it might have been out of tune anyway but I think that's an awful song but we do definitely need to get a Ben Sheaf song be quite yeah, nice. Been a few floating around, haven't there? That haven't been amazing, but yeah, I don't know. Have just... you not cracked out the piano yet to start penning one? 
not yet. Not, we're not at that stage yet, Dean. Oh, okay. It's not got that desperate, I don't think. Um, no, that yeah. would be desperate times if we have to get rely on you, mate. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just want to really briefly mention um, a bit of ne- obviously negative uh, reports that we had, obviously um, racist comments towards a Stoke player during the warm-up. Um, obviously, Dean, this is very, very disappointing to hear, but also kudos to the club and the authorities who obviously dealt with the individual in a, in a really suitable way. Um, but it's not nice to hear that, is it, Dean, with our own football club? No, um, scum for me, to be honest, Tom. Yeah. I know it's a, 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 a brash word to use, but yeah, uh, we don't want it at our football club. We don't want it at any football club. We don't want it in society. So um, yeah, fair play to the club for, for nipping it in the bud. And hopefully the, uh, like I say, the so-called supporter will uh, receive a lifetime ban. And that's the end of the matter. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and discuss the defeat to Borough on Saturday. Um, firstly, the team news, Dean. Obviously, it was just the one change, but an interesting one. Um, O'Hare returned to the side, but at the expense of Gustavo Hamer. Um, probably not a change too many people were expecting. No, definitely not. I'm, I mean, that, I think that one caught me by surprise. And for all the good that Shipley has done over the last few weeks, I thought it was time for him to, to come back out the side at this point. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, my, my thoughts were were true once I saw how he played in that first half. I didn't think Jordan Shipley had his greatest game uh, for us in that first half, if, if I'm perfectly honest, we give the ball away quite a bit. But when you go away from home and you play one up front, the key to success really is having energy in that front three. And the way we press and attack, I just don't think Jordan Shipley gives you that sort of press. And I would like to see Allen in that position rather than Shipley. Um, and then obviously Hamer would then deputise in midfield with, with Ben Sheaf. So I was surprised at that. That was the big surprise for me. Um, and and Matson was back in the fold as well. So I was quite mm. surprised that he wasn't brought back into the team to give us a little bit of attacking threat on, on the left side. And I, I suppose though with with uh, Deitch Deal, we're playing right wing back for um, for Borough. There was a chance he would he would attack that right hand side. So maybe Bidwell's defensive capabilities were would mm. outshine Matson's uh, attacking ones away from home. Yeah, possibly Matson needed just you know some minutes, but perhaps wasn't ready for a full start. No. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Robbins does also he tends to bring people back through the bench first. It seems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as well as, you know, like you say, um, being slightly more defensive down that left. Um, we played some nice football in the first half. Um, some really nice play actually between Eccles and O'Hare in the early minutes, but just couldn't capitalise, could we, Dean? No, and it's just that, it's just, which is going to be like parrots here, Tom. It's just that yeah. finishing, isn't it? Yeah. It really yeah, is yeah. just that finishing. And that, for all the intricate play, I mean, that piece of play was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? It was it was sharp, it was quick, it was instinctive. Um, and it was the finish at the end. Everything that we've come to know from this Coventry team all season, everything up until that final for final uh, final bit is is absolutely superb. And we would we would be sitting here now talking about potential goal of the season candidate. Mm. It was a it was a bit like the Arsenal goal against Norwich, wasn't it? In in the yeah. way they sort of ticky tacky their way yeah. around. Well, I'm not saying it was that good, but um, it was sort of that 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 way. So yeah, really, really frustrating. And I think at that point of the game, we were we were on top, and yeah. we deserved to go it to to get a goal at that point. Um, but yeah, really, really annoying finishing again. Yeah, and then another one 
um, just before half time, wasn't it? It was O'Hare this time, um, sort of got it in the middle of the box, but uh, Lumley saved it well. Yeah, and people have you know commented about O'Hare's finishing. Yes, we've we've spoke about it a lot. We're not going to continue discussing that, but I think credit to the goalkeeper here as well. You know, right place at the right time, come to him quickly. So you know, on another day, he oversteps and doesn't save it. So it's it's one of those. And it was kind of getting to that point where you knew things weren't going to go our way. It was one of those yeah. days. We have them a lot as Coventry City fans where you could just tell what's happening. And uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of felt more and more like that. I mean, you you was there, wasn't you, Tom? So, yeah, yeah. It, it did feel like, I'd say, the, the feeling I had at halftime, and I said it to people at halftime, was I, I was like, so a team, one of these teams is going to win this. And it's just whoever gets the first goal. Yeah. And I didn't, yeah, I partly felt like maybe it wouldn't be our day, but I also felt like if we could get a goal and we could come out second half and carry on, then we could be the winners. I just knew full well if they got a goal at whatever time, I just felt like that would be it, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely um, right. And if we'd have gone in at halftime, won the lot, we would win that match comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those, it's, it's one of those days it was going to be won by, you know, fine margins. And obviously we'll, we'll go on to talk about the second half and, the best chance of the whole game was was Fads did brilliantly to sort of sort of pause slightly and then kind of half volley the ball rattled off the bar. Um, so unlucky, Dean, because if this goes in, we've we've won the game, haven't we? Yeah, it's game over to be honest. And um, yeah, like you say, it was only probably going to be one goal in it. But Fads does everything right here, apart from you know maybe two inches below, two two inches lower, uh, and it goes in. I think the, the most annoying thing was the the rebound, you know, the recycle we've recycled the ball again really well, got the ball back to the box, and Shippy's got basically an open goal, gaping. And he goes with I think he goes with his right foot with the ball coming across him. <laughs> that's that's a really hard technique to do to do. Yeah. Uh, I think George, George Shippy's left footed anyway, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. So Yeah, so I was, well, I was what are you doing? Say, yeah. Shipley on his right is, is never ideal, really. No. I mean, he showed, showed really his capabilities but... against QPR. Yeah. So all he had to do yeah. was get a clean strike on the ball. And even if it's directed towards goal, there's a really good chance of a ricochet and it going in anyway with the amount of bodies there. So mm. I found that was really poor. Uh, I think that typified Jordan Shipley's performance for me during this match. But yeah, the Fads chance was just kind of like disheartening as well, wasn't it? Because again, you felt like, well, that doesn't go in. We're not going to get anything from, from this game. Yeah. Yeah. It did, did feel like that. And it, did, it wasn't too long after actually that Borough got their goal. Um, this one was really poor and disappointing, wasn't it, Dean? Yeah. So, I mean, where do we start? We, we go to defend a throw in with three players versus one, which is silly. Fads then gets drawn into that extra man, which is behind the three players, the three Coventry players. That leaves a big gap in the middle then. Jake Arsalt has got to cover that run. Ball comes across and the guy nips in front of Bidwell. I know people are complaining that it's Bidwell's fault. Unfortunately for me, I think it's just a calamity of errors from, yeah. from the throw-in. And, you know, if Fads doesn't get sort of drawn into that first tackle, which he, you know, dives in, I think he's still in the stands now, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't get drawn into that, that space is not there for uh, who scored? Was it Spora? Yeah, Spora. Yeah, um, yeah. That space is not there for him to run into because there's three com- there would be three commentary players, Bidwell, JCS and Fads there. 
So, yeah, just just really sloppy, um, taking our eyes off the ball a little bit at that point, which is, you know, not something we've said a lot defensively this season. We haven't taken our eyes off the, the ball a lot, um, especially Fads. Uh, I probably thought, I'd probably say it was probably Fads' worst game for, for the whole season, if, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, sloppy. Um, but, yeah, just really disappointed to, to concede in that fashion. Yeah, yeah, really disappointing. And obviously, after that, Borough really slowed the game down, took the sting out of the game, which you'd kind of expect from, from them. And it made it really hard for us, didn't it? It did. And I feel, I feel this is where our discipline really, really showed. And we were getting drawn into stupid fouls and stupid 1v1 situations, giving the referee a decision to make. And he's always going to give it the defensive side especially if you're coming from the wrong side for a challenge. So I just thought it was really poor from that point. Um, and it all sort of stemmed from going 1-0 down. It's probably uh, probably due to the fact that we didn't deserve to be 1-0 down. The players probably didn't feel didn't feel like they deserved to be 1-0 down. And we were chasing it at that point. And that's where the discipline mm. um, really comes in. And I think that's due, down to a lack of experience on the pitch as well, Tom. I don't, you know, does that happen yeah. if Liam Kelly's on the pitch? Probably not. Um, does that happen if Waghorn is on the pitch? Probably not. When Waghorn came on, he was, you know, he dived in on in the corner throw from from uh, from memory. But at that point, the game was already gone at like ninety four minutes. So, yeah, it was just it was just really disappointing from from that from from that angle. Uh, our discipline. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I have to agree with you there. Um, what did you make of the referee? Did you- I don't. I don't need to comment um, on the referee. I thought, well, I'm going to comment on him. <laughs> he was awful, <laughs> absolutely awful, and probably the worst referee we've had this season um, for both sides as well. That wasn't just a commentary thing. He was. Bought, he was. Yeah. I mean, he was getting well. booed by the home fans. Yeah. He was getting booed by the home fans as much as the away fans. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've had some absolute pony refs this year, haven't we? So it says a lot when we say this one's the absolute worst. Um, he wouldn't be out of place in, in Coventry District 2, would he, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, poor display from him. Um, we did bring Hamer on in place of Alan, and I felt like he got really stuck in, Dean. Gave it a good go. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he, you know what, sorry, I'm just opening a bottle of water. Um, with what you get with Gus is, is full-heartedness, isn't it? He, he gives mm. 110%. And, um, yeah, I thought we brought him on a little bit too late. I'd like to see him coming at half-time, to be honest, because... You could see we were gaining lots of advantages in the top end of the pitch thanks to the press, but the press was only coming from Garcarez and O'Hare and Shipley was sort of held back. And I think if we'd had done what I'd said, bringing Alan forward and then have Hamer there in the middle, I thought we would have opened the door a little bit more earlier in that second half. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised he wasn't brought on brought on earlier, but I've, yeah. I thought he had a decent game. But, yeah, he loves to tackle, doesn't he? Loves to tackle yeah, the boy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but Robbins doesn't tend to make half-time subs, does he? Um, it always seems there's that sort of 60-minute mark, which is where he tends to make a sub if he's going to make one, uh, like an earlier one. But yeah, it'd be, would be nice every now and then if we did sort of switch things at half-time and you know start the half kind of how we want to play. I would love um, to see the stats on away, really. the average time of when Robbins makes substitutions. Because I would say more than half of them come after 75 minutes, mm. which 
you know, for a team like us, we need to be making better decisions like that. We, yeah, I, I mean, it's, there was, you know, when with Walker, one of the things that people were saying was, you know, he's like when he has come on, he hasn't really impressed, but then he's never really, he never really has enough time to no. make. I think it's hard if you come on as a player, especially as a striker, it takes you maybe five minutes to get your sort of eye in and whatever. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems a bit unfair to only get five minutes in a game. If you get 20 minutes, I think that's a better way to assess someone's performance. Yeah. And generally, um, you bring on so a striker, a you're chasing a game. So yeah. it's it's very difficult to, to get into a flow of a, of a game that you're chasing rather than, you know, being in control of. So, um, yeah, I, I do agree with that with that comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also brought Waghorn on um, and gave it a go, but, you know, ultimately just, just run out of time. Um, a disappointing defeat given the performance, Dean, um, but I suppose we have got to take the positives out of out of that performance. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty of positives to take. Look, creating chances at will against one of the best best sides in the division, supposedly. Um, I thought we were a threat from set pieces as well against a really, really strong Middlesbrough side. Um, really tall, really sort of um, built as well, aren't they? They're really sort of aggressive as a team. Yeah. So I think that was a real, real plus sign. Um, and we just looked a bit, we just looked a bit more confident in, in possession. I think a few times this season, we've looked a little bit sheepish when we've got the ball and we haven't really sort of zipped it around quicker. Um, and I think we did, we did that well. And I think the performance of Victor Grocarez on, on Saturday was absolutely outstanding. Uh, apart from the from the goal um, that he he fully deserved, I thought I just thought it was a beautiful centre forwards performance. And, and Chris Wilder, uh, fair play to him, has, has commented on that too, uh, in agreement. Um, so yeah, I I just think Vic seems to be getting back to his best, and hopefully the goals will come. I'm sure they will come because we create yeah. enough chances for them to come and. The, the the laws the laws of averages will work out that you know we'll we'll start scoring goals more often than not uh, coming coming up yeah 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 definitely was did he do enough to be your man of the match Dean or was it was it someone else no yeah Victor for me um yeah miles ahead of of everyone else on the pitch I also want to shout out to their keeper as well Joe Lumley who I thought had a good game um I thought he was very mm. very dominant in 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 their goal and definitely saved them at least yeah. two two goals um so yeah fair play to him too yeah he's a good keeper at this level isn't he he is i'm not um i'm not too sure how old he is but he's he's yeah he's he's played really well this season i think he's been one of their star star players um i'm just looking at his stats now so yeah he's um he's he's, he's only he's only got one man of the match um award this right. season from from uh, from who scored uh, which is surprising but yeah um <laughs> Yeah, a very good performance from him and, yeah, a, a top keeper at this level. Yeah, obviously disappointing result, but one thing, another positive we can take is that teams around us didn't particularly do very well. The results went our way, apart from yeah. ours. Um, so, you know, that's one positive as well, Dean. And actually, when you look at the table, it's still very tight up there, isn't it? And there's plenty, like we've said at the start of the pod, there's plenty of points to play for and, and games in hand as well. Yeah, that, yeah, and I just don't want to be in a position where we're reliant on other teams. I want us to be the makers yeah. of our own destiny, um, and I think we've got the quality enough to do that. I don't I, listen. I, if I'm going to be honest, I do think it's too early for us to even be attempted to get into the playoffs. But this is a golden opportunity. 
a massive opportunity in a poor, very poor championship season where we might do something remarkable um, and we've got to give it our, 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 full, our full whack. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We'll now move on and preview the upcoming FA Cup trip to Southampton on Saturday. Um, no pressure on this one, Dean. It's definitely a game that we can go out and enjoy and so can the players as well. Absolutely. It's going to be a brilliant occasion with, uh, I think it sounds like 45,000 Sky Blues going down. Um, <laughs> only the loyal ones though, Dean, remember? Only the loyal ones. Yeah. How many points have you have you traded towards your t- ticket? God, God knows. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good occasion, um, and you know, one that we can just go and go and enjoy, just express ourselves and show. Let's have a go and play the way we play, play the way we've played over the last year, and let's see how we play is tested against a, a Premier League opposition. Because in you never know in in four months' time, we or five months' time, we could be in that division. So um, let's express ourselves, play with uh, good intent. And be brave, be brave on the ball, be brave in attack. And let's see what we can come up with because you just never know in the FA Cup, do you? You never yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've done it before, haven't we? Um, was it, it was Stoke, wasn't it, in League Two? Stoke in League um, Two. I mean, you look at the over the years, we've had some really, really good results against against uh, higher class opposition. And yet you look no further than Manchester United win in, you yeah. know, I know it was the Carabao Cup and but they still had top players out that night. You look at Anderson and and the likes of you know John O'Shea. You know, I know people say oh, you call him the top player, but he was a Premier League yeah. stalwart for a long time. So we can we can um, we can cause an upset. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how we come up against Southampton. I think Southampton are a really classy side. I know their league position are not really showing that this season, but they've got some fantastic mm. players. But we. We really need to to be on our, at our best to, to get a result, and who knows? Who knows? Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, noise out of their camp, and I was on it actually went on a Southampton pod earlier today, and they're going to go full strength supposedly. <laughs> um, they're going to go full strength supposedly. Uh, um, so, what do you think we can expect from them, Dean? They're just a really classy side. I find I just I just think they're they're difficult to beat. They've got some really top players. They've probably got, for me, probably the most underrated player in the Premier League in James Ward-Prowse. Um, yeah. You know, Gus is gonna Gus is gonna have to be on his best behaviour. You know, giving don't give away stupid free kicks on the edge of the box. I was gonna say we we can't we can't afford to give away free kicks, can we? With him in no, the team? No. Because uh, then we will like, then we will lose. <laughs> yeah, he'll dispatch anything uh, within forty yards. Yeah. To be honest, from what I saw the other week, uh, fantastic free kick and in the Premier League the, the other week. So, yeah, I mean, they're a really good side. Brozier has really come to the party as well up front the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, Carl Walker-Peters was, was touted as one of a future England right back. And they've got, you know, old heads in the team, you know, likes of Nathan Redmond, uh, Romeo, Forster in goal, Armstrong on the left. They've got really classy operators at that level. So we are going to have to be our best to, to, the, to deal with that. But I have no doubt that if we go that extra mile we can really really cause Southampton problems yeah hopefully um, and you'd imagine knowing Robbins that he'll be going fairly strong for this too we tend to he's tended to play the strongest team in the cup over the last few years um, so would you expect it to be a similar side to how we started at Borough or 
do you think it might be a good chance for example start Waghorn and, and play with the two up front I think he he might he, he might go with what we we did at Borough, but Hamer will come in, um, and yeah. I think the week break helps because you know we can get some rest in the legs. I know we've got a busy schedule after that, but it's easier to go Saturday Sunday once you've had a week break before, so it doesn't um, it shouldn't shouldn't play too too hard on the uh, on the old energy levels for the squad. But yeah, I don't see why we shouldn't go full okay. strength. Um, then uh, I say full strength is will Todd Kane be back potentially I don't think Josh Eccles has done anything wrong at right back over the last couple of weeks so I think he deserves to stay yeah. in, in the side of that in that position um, and you know Waghorn and Waghorn and O'Hare came onto the pitch against Stoke changed the game effectively so do they deserve a start too so it'll be interesting to see what we do but I, I, I do think we go full strength for, for sure yeah and, and to be honest, we probably haven't got much of a choice anyway, really, if we're being honest. I mean, it's probably full strength for all the kids. There's no really, like, real in-between is there. We're not blessed with, like, you know, a second-string team that we could really put out. So We might yeah. see a more, few more yeah. kids on the bench, the likes of Howley yeah. and, and you yeah. know, Tavares, etc. We might see a few more of those on the bench. Uh, talking to kids, uh, Blaine Rowe going to Air, was it, United? Yeah. That's a, I think that's a really good move for him. Um, so yeah, be interested to see how he deals with a sort of a proper league up there. Mm. Um, so yeah, very good move for him. Uh, exciting for him. Exciting for us too because he looks like a, a good one for the future too. Um, yeah. But back to back to this game, I think we'll go full strength, but maybe I'll see a few more kids on the bench. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I'll grab your prediction, Dean, which will be our tweet league prediction for this week. Uh, oh, what do you want the head or heart? Tough one, mate? isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is it, isn't it? So, uh, unfortunately, I do think Southampton will probably be a little bit too cute for us, a little bit too strong. So, unfortunately, I'm going to go for a 3 1 Southampton win. Fair enough. Maybe if we take the lead, then it'll be a little bit exciting. At yeah, least. be exciting. We get some songs going, maybe an early twist and shout will come out, a few limbs, <laughs> might end up with a few more bruises. Yeah. Exactly. My shins could do without that, to be honest. But you're yeah, gonna have shin we'll spins see. for the rest of the season, mate. Yeah. Embrace <laughs> them. Embrace um, them. Yeah. Um, just a quick word, I suppose, on on January. I know the, the chaps did a bit more of an in-depth look last week. Um, obviously, as we're chatting now, there's only a few hours to go. Um, I feel like one thing that we can that is positive is we've got rid of a lot of deadwood, haven't we, out of the, the squad, which should free up some some money, whether that's you know for the summer or whatever. But feels like it's been a fairly productive window in that respect. Yeah, they're definitely productive in in the outgoings. Um, I do I do feel like that frees up a lot of wages. Um, and yeah, I f- we've got to make a move somewhere. Um, we've. We need we need a striker, if I'm honest, because the Godden situation isn't going to help over the next six weeks. Just just to fill a gap until the end of the season, to be honest, um, in that position, we would love a number ten as well. I don't think we've got the capabilities of bringing in two players, and I think a striker is higher on the list. At, excuse me, higher on the list at the moment than than a number ten. So I I would love to see someone coming in, but at the moment. The only rumor is Lukas Jukovic, but mm, not you know, sure about that one, Dean. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to go back to that? I mean, he let me. He he lost me about eight hundred pound when he missed a penalty versus Reading uh, when he was here. So 
I wouldn't be welcoming him back with open arms, that's for sure. Unless yeah. he wants to give me the 800 pound that he cost me. So there is that. Yeah. I that's not, not a Twitter rumor, Dino, because our fans are quite obsessed with uh with ex players, it seems. No, that that well, it might have been a Twitter rumor, it's something I heard on on the, the grapevine earlier. But Dave Body has just put out an update. Um, do you want oh. to read it live? Yeah, you can do. It might be a bit out of date when it goes out, that's fine. Um you can never say never, but it's been a very quiet day. We've done our business. We knew where we wanted to go with this window and to bring in Jake Bidwell on a permanent for this season, next season and beyond was the bonus for us. And we're pleased to keep the squad intact. Okay. So no, no one's going quite at least. Quiet. Um, yeah. But I suppose one of the things we've got to remember as the fans is like in, in, in seasons gone by, it wasn't a conversation definitely about getting anyone. It was always about who, who was going to go of our star yeah. players. And the fact that we're in a situation now where, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, that we're not selling our best players at 11.59 tonight or whatever the time is, then, you know, that's the progress we're making as a club, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, and especially when we know bids have come in. We know bids have yeah. come in. It's been, yeah. it's been you know, heavily publicised. Bids have come in for our best players. So that's likely to be O'Hare, Hamer and Gokarez. And yeah. the club are standing firm, which is... Really good to see because for once we're not in the position where we need to sell yeah, and we're building for the future. And those three are really vital because it's a real spine of the team as well in that, in that regard. I know we, you know, you talk about the spine from being from defense and, and the keeper, but I think that's pretty much safe that we we're not going to lose any of those players, but those other three are really, really important for the future of our football club. And if we have ambitions of going further and taking us further, those are three players that we're going to need to build around as we look ahead. Um, and like you say, we've got rid of some deadwood. Um, the likes of DaCosta, although not confirmed at the moment, uh, Josh Pask, Mar- Marcel Hills, now Jabello. That's yeah. a lot of money being lost. Of course, Portsmouth paying a bit towards Tyler Walker. Yeah. You know, not forgetting Declan Drysdale as well, um, who's who's up up uh, north of the border too. So we have room to play with. I suppose it all, it's all dependent on the finances without the, without losing those players, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. If we were in a bad situation and we needed to rectify that by moving players on, then of course we can't rectify any any spaces in the squad that way. So um, I'm, I'm not too clued up on, on where we are in terms of finances. I think mm. we're fine because of the crowds, etc. But... Yeah, um, it'd be I interesting think, to see if we do bring somebody in. Then we know it's we know we're absolutely financially fine, and we 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 would get rid of players to to bring someone else in. Yeah, definitely. I think, and it's probably you know a slight look towards the summer as well, isn't it? Obviously, of course, we've got in with the shout of the playoffs, which yeah. we want to try and get. But at the same time, as the club have said, you know that the future of the club is is the most important thing, and and even if that just means getting rid of some players now but not overly spending so we can have a really because Robbins tends to do most of his business in the summer right that's the key time to get to get the squad together and if it means that he can approach the summer and he can start planning now and the recruitment team can go out and find the targets now knowing what the budget will be plus the bigger crowds from this year it's probably just putting us in a much better healthier position for the summer so I can kind of, you know, I can respect that that if that's how they're doing it. I think that's. Yeah, I think you make smart, a valid point there, Tom. Because if you think, well, let's say, let's just for instance, I I'm obviously don't know exactly how the, what the figures are, but let's say we say fifteen thousand pound per week on those player wages, and we can, you know, we're going to survive this year. We're going to be in this division next season. Of course, we are. 
So that 15 grand a week, you know, 15 weeks to the end of the season, I'm not very good at my maths, work out <laughs> for me. 15 times 15 grand. Oh God, this is a, <laughs> I'm not going to get a place on countdown, am I? No, it's a fair bit of money though. We need to get Rob Rob uh, Rob Malley on. He was on countdown, wasn't he? That was pretty. That was a pretty good episode. Um, two hundred twenty-five grand for all you uh, counting fans. So, let's say you've got that two hundred twenty-five grand in the summer. That's a really good bit of sal- uh, signing on fees for players. You know, players look for signing on fees now. So, if you can offer you know a hundred grand to a couple of players just to sign on, it's a real real incentive to. To get some some better quality players to build to build our squad around. So, yeah, it's a good point you make. Um, and you know, one I probably didn't think of myself to be honest, which has quite annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that is all the time we've got this evening. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for joining me, Dean. Um, listeners, do check out our partners, Short and Horn, across their social channels. And if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, anything we've chatted about this evening. Just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.